Good morning, everyone. How are we doing today? Yeah, good to see you. Lovely. Well, Happy New Year to you for about, what is it, eight hours time or 12, 12 hours and 20 minutes. Happy New Year in advance. Some people will be celebrating this already, won't they, in the next uh, whatever. So if you're watching in Australia and you're counting down, switch over, you're going to miss it. Anyway, right. Christmas week. <laughs> I, you can tell it's Christmas week, isn't it? I'm all over the shop. Who knows what's going on in Christmas week? Do you find that Christmas week is like a little week of, it's a week of leftovers. You go into the shops and you see all the Christmas stock being reduced and then reduced again. I was in, literally in Asda yesterday, there was uh, two very lonely Christmas trees, <laughs> real Christmas trees. If someone's taking one home at this stage, then you, you know, you're really struggling, aren't you? Um, mince pies. And uh, anyone being maybe back into work or back into the office and you've got the kind of the straggler chocolates left in the bottom of the box from before Christmas. Apparently they don't do bounties anymore in celebrations, do they? I was trying to think of what the equivalent. It would be the chocolate eclairs in a Heroes. So you with me on that? It's always the eclairs left at the end. Um, so anyway, a bit of a week of leftovers, using things up, etc. as we move from 2023 into 2024. But there's a moment in Jesus' life, one of his most famous miracles, where the leftovers feature, and the leftovers get some special attention from Jesus. So I thought we could have a little look at it this morning. It's a familiar story when Jesus feeds the 5,000, and I know we've looked at it earlier in the year when we did our Jesus in the Boat series, but I thought there's a couple of things in it that as we move into the new year that can just encourage us as we kind of kickstart 2024 together. So this event starts with uh, the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. They they returned to Jesus. He had sent them out in pairs to kind of go around the towns and villages and do the things that Jesus had been doing, teaching, sharing about uh, who God is, his plan for our lives, healing the sick and other things like this. And then they come back to Jesus and they're all excited and telling him about what had happened and the amazing things that had gone on. And then at the same time, Jesus hears the news that his cousin, John, John the Baptist, had been killed. And so you've got these kind of like mixed emotions kind of all happening, you know, in and around the same time. And then it says this uh, in Mark's account of the event. This is how he puts it. It says this. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. I don't know if you've ever had a a busy day like that before. Um, So then it says... So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving. And people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And so he began to teach them many things. And Matthew in his account, he adds how Jesus healed the sick. And so, firstly, in this little bit here, we see how Jesus' break gets interrupted. You know, they've been busy, uh, no doubt they're tired, they've been, um, they're grieving about what's happened with John, but then they're also kind of celebrating all these amazing things that have happened, and they've got all these things in the mix at the same time, don't you find it often goes like that? And then suddenly, when they're about to take a rest, and just have a few moments to chill, and just ah, take a breather, suddenly the break gets interrupted, and they get called upon to do something again, and to go again. And amazingly, Jesus says, move with compassion. He meets the needs of the crowds, and kind of uh, takes care of them, and speaks to them, and heals them. 
And we can see how doing this, it kind of revives Jesus a little bit. Because later we see the disciples, they were tired as well. And I think they were getting a bit fed up by this point. It says this, by this time, this is later on, by this time it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him and they said, this is a remote place and it's already very late. Send the people away so they they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. So it sounds to me like they were getting tired and hungry themselves, isn't it? (laughs) But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. So Jesus, he wants to do even more now. He's ready to go again. But the disciples, they're like, oh, you know, we've already had the day kind of ruined. Can we at least just hang out the evening by ourselves? Can we at least just, you know, chill out together? Can't you send them away? Now, maybe for some of us, we can kind of resonate a little bit with Jesus and the disciples here. This coming week, even this morning, is when everyone asks you, did you have a nice Christmas? How was your Christmas? You know, how was your break? Uh, You know, did you have a nice time? And hopefully, and maybe, your answer to that this year is, yes, yes, I had a great Christmas. You know, maybe it was restful, maybe you had lots of mince pies, maybe it was busy with, you know, seeing lots of people, but it was kind of replenishing in another way, seeing lots of people, and maybe you're kind of hit in January, and you're like, yes, the New Year's coming, bring it on, I'm ready, I got my list of resolutions, you know, let's go for it, I'm ready for 2024, maybe that's been a great Christmas. Or maybe, for others, like Jesus and the disciples here, you feel like your break was interrupted in one way or another. Uh, Or maybe it was never going to be a break at all. Maybe Christmas is a busy time for you with work or whatever. For some people it is, isn't it, with their jobs or things. So maybe with work or caring for family or health issues or other things cropping up, rather than hitting the new year rested and replenished and ready to go, you feel a bit like the disciples in this moment who are like, oh, can't you just send everyone away? (laughs) But it's in these moments when we kind of feel like this, just like for Jesus and the disciples they do here, that we can draw on the resources of heaven for our lives and the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us when we come to Jesus, who brings strength and renewal and refreshing and even the motivation to keep going and to do the right things whether that's to show compassion for others when we're maybe feeling compassion fatigue or grace for a trying situation that's ongoing. And amongst all that, he brings to us his peace and his joy that goes deep into our core and deep into our being to strengthen us. Psalm 23, it says this, the Lord is my shepherd. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. And he guides me along right paths. And in God's presence, when we take moments with him, that's where we find that our heart and our soul and our mind and our strength is replenished and renewed. And amazingly, it doesn't depend on the circumstances around us and those kind of changing or what's in front of us. Sometimes you find we can be clinging on for that break or that holiday, or that day off, or that thing to be finished, and we can kind of be clinging on for that moment. But the amazing thing about this is this is a gift from God to us that comes to us in any season or in any time. And it's a gift from heaven to us, and it doesn't depend on what's going on around us. Paul, who was a follower of Jesus after this, after Jesus had come back to life, and he was um, 
wrote many other letters in the New Testament, and one of them is called Ephesians. He was writing to a church, and he was actually writing it from prison. And he'd been through this really testing time himself, and he writes this to this other church to encourage them. And he says this, and it's true for us today. He says, I pray, he's praying for them, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources that God, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And so of course, you know, it's important for us to find spaces and time to rest. We're all human, isn't it? We can't just go and go and go and go. It's important that we, you know, find times to rest. So don't kind of mishear me on this. But in fact, Jesus, after this, after this day, he goes up to the mountain side by himself to kind of rest and to pray and to take some time. But for us too, in our day-to-day, in whatever's going on, we can find little pockets and spaces of time to be refreshed by God's presence. Even just a few moments to pray, to read our Bible, to allow God to speak to us as we read it, to listen to some worship, to... uh, come together in our weeks in Sundays in small groups and have amazing times together like Beth and the band leading us this morning and to give room to be filled with the Holy Spirit for him to empower us and strengthen us for the things that we go through and the things that we are doing. And at the end of the talk today, I'll take a moment just to pray for us again, to welcome the Holy Spirit, to fill us and to strengthen us uh, for what we go through. And, uh, And so if you've kind of had one of those busy Christmases, We'll take a chance to pray for you before we finish. And then heading back to the story, the second kind of thing that strikes me or a question is, where does this boy come from in the story? So Jesus says uh, to the disciples, he says, you give them something to eat, you feed them. And they say, with what? We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. And, it, you know, in the record, how there was 5,000 men there, and they, they probably were representing their families. So there could have been maybe, I don't know, 8,000 or 10,000 or 20,000 people when you kind of add everyone up. So there's a whole load of people. Where on earth are we going to get, you know, um, food enough for, for everyone? And Jesus says to them, how much bread do you have? Go and find out. And he says, they come back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. And it's at this point that in John's account of the story, he kind of elaborates a little bit on what goes on here in this moment. And he says this, it says, another of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up and he said, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will that go among so many? And so famously, it's this boy who supplies the five loaves and the fish And then Jesus takes it, he blesses it, he gives it to the disciples. Then as they distribute it, it kind of multiplies in a miraculous way in their hands and feeds the whole crowd. And on hearing this story kind of growing up, maybe you've heard it kind of growing up. If you grew up coming to church or Sunday school or maybe in a school assembly, you might have heard it. Growing up, I always imagined or thought that this boy was kind of plucked out from the crowd. Have you ever been in a crowd, you know, and someone like, picks out a volunteer or something. It's almost like this boy's plucked out from the crowd. Oh, he's got some food. Quick, grab him. Or maybe he just randomly happens to be standing nearby. <laughs> you know, he's about to tuck into his lunch. And then he overhears and he volunteers his food and kind of goes and gives it. And I just thought it was maybe some random boy amongst the crowd. But actually, it appears that this boy was amongst Jesus' disciples, that he's amongst the group. Because Jesus says to them, 
how much bread do you have? They're having a conversation. How much bread have you got? You know, what have we got with us? Go and find out. And they look amongst themselves, and they come back, and they say, oh, well, here, this lad, he's got five loaves and two fish. This is how much we've got. And so it seems that amongst this group is this young boy with the food. So maybe he's someone's younger brother who's, like, come along for the, you know, he's, like, been babysat. Or maybe, and his mum's giving him lunch. Maybe he's someone's nephew. Maybe he's one of their sons. Maybe he's one of their children. But whoever he is, he's there amongst the disciples amongst the group of people hanging around with Jesus and following him. And this is a great encouragement to all our young people that this is for you as well, that this is for you too, that Jesus wants to be in and around and in your lives right now, where you are in school or in uni or in college or wherever it is, strengthening you with his Holy Spirit and helping you with the things that you're facing and you're doing and speaking to you and encouraging you and guiding you and working with you just like this boy, to make a difference right where you are, uh, just like he does. And right now, like as a teenager, we've got some teenagers, maybe some younger in the room as well, is a great time to be in the mix with Jesus and seeing him at work in your lives and speaking to you and encouraging you and working through you. For me, I remember I was 13 or maybe 14 years old when I first started to kind of read the Bible for myself and figure to myself, you know, what do I believe and what do I think and is this true and you know, is God real? And what does he do? And I began to read a little chapter a day of Jesus's life from the Bible in the evenings before going to bed to kind of investigate it for myself. And it's like the words of it came alive to me. And it's like, I got to know Jesus in like a whole real way. And just like I'm speaking to you now, and you're like learning about my story, it was almost like he was speaking to me and I was learning about him and he was helping me in my life and the little things facing at that kind of age that you go through when you're in school and all that different stuff. And it kind of came alive to me, and it was a, it's a great time. I remember la last week, I had the privilege of speaking in Jonah and Rachel's wedding. It's great to see you this morning. And so I thought I'd throw some embarrassing pictures of you, Jonah. And um, I remember when Jonah was in youth, about 10 years ago now almost, how uh, he invited all of his friends at school to come along. And they all came to a social, and then they ended up coming along to youth, and they came to camps with us. And they got involved volunteering one of our little football clubs we ran for the community. And one of the boys got healed when he was prayed for after he'd injured his knee in football. And then later on, when they were in sixth form, Jonah and a few others, Sam and Fionn and Karis, they ran at Alpha for their friends in their school. And one of the girls got prayed for and healed. And a few of them started going along to their churches that their family had been to and other great things happening. And that Alpha that they started, it still runs today. Uh, in the same school where Beth and myself and Tino and others have kind of kept it going. And it's had a real, you know, so it's been going, I don't know, 10, 8, 10 years or whatever now. And that's an amazing story, isn't it? You know, it's an amazing thing. So you guys, you can make a real difference. And it will look different for you. It will look different to you than it was for me or for Jonah. But right where you are, God knows you. He loves you. You're important to him. And he wants to be at work in your lives right now. So don't feel you've got to wait till you finish school or you go to uni or you become a grown-up because now is a great time. Okay, moving on. Finally, sticking with John's account then, this is the moment where we come to the leftovers in the story. So everyone's had enough to eat, and it says this. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, now gather the leftovers, let nothing be wasted. And so they picked up the pieces amongst the crowd and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people. Another translation says, uh, gather the leftovers so that nothing is lost. 
And it's interesting that for Jesus, there's value here in the leftovers. Something about the leftovers was important to Jesus. And it could be that, you know, they filled 12 baskets and, you know, some say, oh, maybe that's symbolism of like the 12 tribes of Israel and kind of the big picture of what Jesus was doing. But also, when you think about it, if you had 12 baskets of leftovers here, that would probably that would look quite a lot, wouldn't it, for one person? But 12 baskets of leftovers spread out amongst 5,000, 10,000, maybe 20,000 people. That's not really very much, is it? That would spread quite thin, do you think? I don't know, I think so. You probably wouldn't notice that really in a crowd of that many people. Um, you know, it would kind of just get lost along the way, isn't all these different bits and pieces amongst so many. But either way, they were important to Jesus, and he wanted them accounted for, and he wanted them collected, even though they probably wouldn't really notice. But for him, they were an important part of the miracle. And everyone knows this part of the story. Every, you know, every time it's recorded, it always ends, and it ends with the 12 baskets of leftovers, and it's become part of the story. And there's something in it here. And the phrase Jesus uses, I think, is really interesting. When he says, let nothing be wasted, it reminds me later on of something that Paul again writes to a church to encourage some Christians there. And he says this, my dear brothers and sisters, stand strong. Don't let anything change you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. You know that your work in the Lord is never wasted. Or whatever you, another way, whatever you do for him is not wasted. And so for us, going into a new year, you know, as we look back over 2023, sometimes in our year, there's maybe those standout moments, isn't there? A few standout things that kind of define the year that we always remember that year by, if you like. And then as we look ahead to 2024, there's probably other big things in the diary, you know, good things, hard things or whatever, things we know that's coming up. And then amongst all that is just the day-to-day things that at the end of a year, as we look back, may be forgotten or went unnoticed. But this here encourages us that whatever we do for God, every act of love, every act of kindness, every service to others, whether it's a one-off, when an opportunity arises to help someone or do something kind or to pray for someone or to share our faith or whatever, and it just arises in the moment and we may never think about it again, or whether it's something more regular, whether we're daily caring for someone or supporting someone, maybe when we're acting with integrity at work and that's a challenge and we've got to do the right thing day after day after day in a period. Maybe it's our giving, when we're giving and we're being generous and we're kind and we're looking out for others. Maybe it's making a sacrifice for someone or people. Maybe it's serving on a regular basis. These things which may never really get noticed or recorded that you won't get a certificate for or a qualification. It won't show up in an end-of-year review But these are accounted for by Jesus, and they're of great value to him. And he knows them, and he counts them, and he sees them. And for him, they're like the 12 baskets of leftover. They're visible. He sees them. They're important. They're part of the story. And they make a difference that we may not know or perceive, but they're important to him, and they're of great value to him. So let's be encouraged as we go into a new year that Jesus is with us. He strengthens us by his Holy Spirit. He gives us peace and joy deep in our hearts, and he wants to be with us each and every day. In his presence, we are renewed and made whole and encouraged and equipped for what is ahead this year. So let's be making time and making space 
You know, I love in this story where it says they didn't even get time to eat. I don't know if you've ever had a day where you don't even get time to eat, and maybe it's when you get home, or maybe you get home and there's still things to do, and it's just like at the very end of the day, you get time to eat. But at some point in our days, even the busiest days, we get time to eat and maybe drink something, isn't it? Well, we have to. And in the same way, even in the busiest of days, even in the busiest of weeks, let's be feeding ourselves spiritually. You know, as some of we take that time to pray, to put on some worship music, whether it's in the background, whether it's in the car, whether it's as we're going from one place to the other, to read our Bible and be fed and strengthened. You know, it's funny, my, I'm going off now, but my, my uh, family-in-law, every, every time we visit, they got new gadgets. E- every time. Could be small gadgets, big gadgets. They love gadgets. So in the summer, we, we turn up for a visit and they got one of those like fly swatters that looks like a tennis racket. And everyone's kind of you know, getting to the flies. This last time we visit, beginning of December, they got a, a new potato chip making machine. Now you put the potatoes in and it cuts them into chips automatically. I don't know if any of you have had like a new gadget this year for Christmas or something. Isn't it gadgets great? How they, they make our lives easier, don't they, in some way or the other. We got a dishwasher for the this year, me and Precious for the first time, and that has been a game changer. Isn't it great when gadgets, you know, they, they make such a difference that they, well, they can do. Some are just, you know, they break after two minutes. But I love a good gadget like that. But honestly, the presence of God in our lives is better than any time-saving or life-making easier gadget. It's better than anything of that nature for strengthening and helping us keep going and to see the fruit of God at work in our lives in every season. So let's go for it. And to remember that as we do, even the little things, the things unnoticed, the things never thanked for, the things that we do, caring for others or whatever, again and again, day after day after day, are of great value to Jesus. They're in great value to him. So let me pray. Father, I thank you for your amazing love for us. I thank you that you are with us. I thank you that you strengthen us by your spirit and by your grace. And that these little things, as we love others and show kindness and care, even when they go unnoticed, that they're not missed by you and they make a difference and that you account for them. And even if we don't see what they produce, that you do, and one day we will. And so right now, we wanna invite you again, Holy Spirit, to come and fill us with your power for our lives to fill us with your strength and your peace and every good gift that you have for us because you love us. And so if this morning in the room or online, you just wanna welcome the Holy Spirit to come and strengthen you again for the year ahead, I'm just gonna take a minute to pray for you. And in your own heart, why don't you just pray your own prayer and just say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you now. Come and fill me again. I welcome your peace or I welcome your joy I welcome your strength, whatever it is that you know you need right now. Just ask him and then I'll pray for you. Holy Spirit, come now. We invite you. We thank you for all that you bring into our lives and that we can know you because of Jesus and what he has done for us. And I ask now, would you come and fill each and every one here again with your love and your power and your strength 
that we'd walk out from here refreshed and renewed and strengthened for the time and the days ahead. And I thank you for your plans to bring goodness and love, like Adam shared it this morning, that there are exciting things in the year ahead. I pray would we see them come to pass and you do a great work in us together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Adam.